Las Vegas, famous, fabulous playground of the West. A wide open town that never goes to sleep. Vegas! Vegas, baby! Vegas! You're either in or you're out. Right now. My best mates are going to Las Vegas this weekend. I'm told it's incredible. Las Vegas, here we go! Pack your bags and get ready. You're going to Vegas with someone who knows Vegas inside and out. This is Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi, the podcast. Every city's got them. I remember growing up in the Bay Area with Herb Cain. Uh, in L.A., there was famous people, you know, people you had to know, the newspaper, that would tell you what was really going around town. And we got the guy here on the Review Journal. His name is John Katsalamidis. Righteous. Is that right? You got it. That's the last time I'm going to say it. Otherwise known to his friends and his readers as John Katz. And John, first of all, to do that, and I know you kind of took over the chair from Norm Clark, who everybody remembered mm-hmm. there, you know, is it one of those things, you think it's something you have to kind of grow up here a little bit or at least be around it enough to really get the philosophy of the place? Well, um, you mentioned Herb Kane, who, uh, you know, I had uh, I spent a lot of time growing up in Northern California, and I, we used to subscribe to the San Francisco Chronicle. I, I lived in Chico, and uh, we, we took, and I loved Herb Kane. I loved Herb Kane because he um, embodied his city. He was San Francisco. You got the feeling that this was a guy who was a product of his environment and loved being immersed in, in San Francisco. And I always thought, uh, I have long thought that it would be great to be that in Las Vegas for the new age. You know, and that's what I'm trying to uh, achieve here. Um, it helps, in my instance, to have spent a lot of time here. I moved here in 1996. And uh, so I know a lot of the uh, people that I work with. I have known a lot of the newsmakers for quite some time, and it's easier for me to plug in to, and, and get to know the people who are moving here more recently because of my background in Las Vegas. Norm, in his case, he came in from Denver and and uh, and started uh, doing the 3A column right away as a notebook and uh, and did great with it. So it just depends on the individual. You know, I think... Uh, uh, it it just depends on the personality, and I know that um, after a time you will, it will grow regardless of how much of a background, how deep a background you have in your city. Well, you must have to build up trust, right? Because you do get that inside information, and for people to feel comfortable with it, because especially in a place like this where there's so much competition and stuff. You, yeah. you must have to make them feel comfortable. I I'm looking forward to uh, getting to that point. <laughs> um, no, you're right. I, I am kidding. Um, it is. It's you know. I think uh, the the key to this um, to this column is that you contacts are key. It's a people position. You have to know the right people, and those people have to be okay with you uh, carrying around a lot of knowledge that will be uh, you know. Uh, published in a responsible way and in, a, and in a, a way that is timely and uh, and accurate, and uh, that's that's pretty much my top priority in this job is to make sure that I'm right, um, not necessarily to be the first out there in this era of um, mass media mixing with social media, but to know that what I put out there, when I put it out there, is on target. And to do that, you have to do a lot of corroboration. You have to talk to a lot of contacts. You have to know a lot of people. Well, let's talk about some of the things around town because we got you here and it's just such a great opportunity to talk about to somebody who really knows all the the background and so forth. So I'm going to start with sports because we were starting to talk about the Golden Knights and the mm-hmm. excitement of that. And you were saying, which I felt going out there and every time I've been out there, 
the place is something special, right? I mean, this is something that's, that's different from other places. You can go to other NHL arenas and so forth or other sporting events. Vegas has really put their own touch on this. Yeah, I think uh, and, and as far as the Golden Knights, I can only compare the Golden Knights energy and atmosphere to other events pretty much in Las Vegas at that scale. I haven't been to any other NHL games or any other NHL arenas. I'd never seen an NHL game until the Golden Knights opened. Um, But I do know that there is an energy and an an emotional reaction to this team that I haven't seen in any other forms of sports or entertainment or anything else or our festivals in Las Vegas. There's a real bond between the team and the city, uh, I think for a lot of reasons. But I think that the, the fact that they were an expansion team that was meant to be in Las Vegas, the facility that they're in was primarily built for them, gives them a unique uh, place in, in the city's uh, culture. And I, I really do believe that. And I think the response that they've received is because of that. Are you surprised? You know, I, I know when they got the expansion rights, one of the questions was, well, nobody's going to want to live here. And it seems like it's been just the opposite. People love this. And then people, certainly the team guys, they got Max Pacioretty now coming mm-hmm. from Montreal. Couldn't wait to get down here. So Yeah. I uh, I don't know. I think um, I think Las Vegas has has a reputation that almost undercuts its value as a as a, a great place to live. You know, we have had an, a, a campaign nationally and even internationally that this is, you know, the old what happens here stays here. The only in Vegas, the whole, you know, going back to the Sin City moniker. Um, not, doesn't speak to this is a great place to live and maybe raise a family. It runs counter to that. So it, it takes people to actually move here, including professional athletes or entertainers, to actually investigate the city beyond the strip, get out there in, in our um, suburbs and our residence, uh, residential areas and really understand that this is a, is a great place to, to live and the community is a community and is very welcoming because I think because mostly because a lot of the people are, are transit transient anyway they come from somewhere else and so the people who are here already are are understand what it's like to move here and uh yeah i think that pro athletes and then we're gonna have a lot another wave coming in with the with the raiders um are gonna uh, find that um, and be pleasantly surprised at the quality of life here well that's what i wanted to ask you on my last sports question the Raiders are going to be different than the Knights. I mean, they just a different organization. This organization is, you know, the Davis family. I mean, they've mm-hmm. had a thing mm-hmm. with Vegas from with the Goodmans and stuff. But as a mm-hmm. whole, they're not going to be as welcoming, so to speak. You think it's going to be the same kind of fit like the Knights, or what do you what do you see there? I don't know exactly if it'll. I, I don't know. I, I and that'll remain to be seen. But I do know that the Raiders are doing everything right to get their um, to to come into the city and get their grassroots uh, outreach program. In order, they're going to be. They've been doing a number of charity things. They're going to be at the town square on I think it's Friday, uh, doing a public event there at the Raiders uh, insignia. They've got a lot of Hall of Famers and, and alumni, former Raiders who are in the city doing that. They're laying the groundwork. And Mark Davis himself is a fan of Las Vegas for a long time. His father knew, knew the city very well, and uh, I think that um, you, certain things you can't overcome, and that is that this is a team that was that's coming from somewhere else and has had multiple homes over the past, you know, 30 years or so. Um, but Vegas, Las Vegas did step up and gave them an opportunity to have their own stadium. And it's going to be a more gradual, uh, relationship, I think. But at that Raider logo, when I went to the ribbon cutting of the, of the stadium with the strip in the background, it's hard to argue that that is a couple of powerful brands it's a very powerful thing to see that raider logo out there on the strip and you can't you know you can't 
escape that. There's going to be a lot of infrastructural uh, challenges, parking challenges, a lot of ticket challenges selling this this uh, stadium out. But it's it's worth the effort in my view. And it's an interesting thing for the city because they finally got the NFL, the big sports mogul, to say, like, it's okay. The gambling is not going to get in the way. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that it's, it's, uh, it was an eventual uh, reality that when you, can, when you can gamble anywhere in the United States uh, pretty much and within, you know, within a close distance. We know I've got family in Idaho who can go gamble within, you know, not too far from their homes. Uh, you know that you're – you're inevitably fighting a losing battle if you're going to try and counter uh, open gaming, and especially now open sports betting. And um, who better to regulate that than Las Vegas? We know all about how to make that uh, work in a, in a way that has integrity and can uh, make money also. Well, John, what about precisely what you're talking about, that you can do this anywhere else in the country? How does Vegas fight that to continue to be its own special thing. I mean, obviously, coming here is different. I think part of the way might be through entertainment. Yeah. Is, is, that, is that what you think? And they seem to like that in conventions. It has to be. The convention business is, is uh, paramount to the success, the financial viability of the city and what draws uh, convention business, but, what, uh, but things that separate Las Vegas from other cities. What separates Las Vegas from other cities are a number of um, amenities, including top headliner entertainment, top production show entertainment. You, you, have to have, you have to give people something in Las Vegas that they can't find anywhere else. Well, what is that? You know, a high volume of residencies. I just wrote about the return of uh, John Fogarty in, in residency at Encore Theater in April and Hall & Oates for three shows in March at um, the Coliseum. You, these, are, these are things you can only see in Las Vegas. Uh, we have Gwen Stefani at the end of this month. We still have um, Celine Dion coming in uh, through June next year. I'll, you know, you go right down the line. Those that level of um, Diana Ross, you can just go on and on and on. We have Lady Gaga opening at the end of this year. We have Bruno Mars on New Year's Eve at T-Mobile Arena. I could go on and on, and, <laughs> and we have that. We have Cirque du Soleil that you can't get really anywhere else in this way. Uh, still in Las Vegas, we have a lot of. Uh, we just have a lot of that, and we have the top restaurants in the world. Um, all of the uh, star chefs have brands here, yes. and shopping. You know, people like to to come here and go shopping. You know, retail is a major thing. So if you package all that together and 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 put it uh, on the table with our great infrastructure and the great hotel design and and uh, the world class hospitality. That's what's going to make Las Vegas work uh, from here forward. People don't come to Las Vegas and gamble specifically like they used to. It's far down the list of they might gamble while they're here. They don't say they're coming to Las Vegas to gamble, but you know they might play while they're here. If you talk to them when they leave, they would probably get a different answer than when they come in here. So gambling is just a, 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 a slice of the pie, but it's a smaller pie, pie, uh, slice of the pie than it used to be. They are doubling down on entertainment because you look at the buildings. I mean, the Sphere, which is going to be incredible, is going to be here. But there's other buildings. Do you, are you concerned at all that how do you fill those things night after night? Because you're talking about I, I read, what was it, a couple hundred thousand additional seats. That's all. Mm-hmm. When you include the Raiders Stadium. And yeah. It's a lot. <laughs> the Raiders Stadium, if you throw that, that in there, there's not, there are not that many acts that can fill a stadium on tour right now. You know, it's not like in the 70s when you had, or even in the 80s when you had so many stadium rock bands out there or, you know, pop rock bands. Um, 
what I think, if you bring in the sphere, the short answer to your question is, yeah, if I were a booker, I'd be very, and I'd be looking at this like, okay, my job is going to be a little bit harder now. Um, but if you look at the sphere, there, that's a partnership with the with MSG, the Madison Square Garden Company, and they have um, Irving Azoff is the it leads that effort, and he has um, contracts with everybody. The, and including yeah. folks who haven't played here yet, people like Adele and Justin Timberlake, who haven't played here in residency. So they have their own collection of stars that they know that they can bring into the sphere, people like maybe Billy Joel, and you know, who have had a lot of success at Madison Square Garden. I think that, I think that there will be enough to go around. If, I think that some of the um, theaters that have had many residencies or you know, extended engagements, as I call them, or, or extended runs, some of the smaller ones are going to are going to be more challenged to be able to afford a high complement of uh, short term residencies when the sphere opens. You know, I think that that's going to be a challenge. I'm thinking of places like the Pearl and the Joint, and you know, if you've got people who are who are on tour and then stopping at the Sphere now, maybe they don't really need to play five dates at, at the pearl concert theater that's just a hypothetical but that it will have a ripple effect no question about it so is the golden knights had a ripple effect on entertainment for that matter Eighteen thousand over 44 dates that's a lot of tickets that were not here three years ago so that's a challenge when we return more with john katz of the las vegas review journal but first when you visit las vegas you're always looking for fun things to do and i think one thing you got to put on your list is the neon museum it's fantastic what a way to learn the history of las vegas but by the signs that go back all the way to the 1930s the lobby in fact is a restored shell from the old la concha motel it's a lot of fun the staff there is incredible really unique Las Vegas experience so you can learn the history and have a blast go to neonmuseum.org that's neonmuseum.org you are listening to John Katz featured entertainment columnist at the Las Vegas Review Journal this place certainly has got a culture. Hey, if something doesn't work, we'll tear it down and build something else. So mm-hmm. I, mean, I guess it's a place where they cut, you kind of gamble on things. Well, I think that metaphorically speaking, you're absolutely right. I had a, a resort executive, a pretty big one a few years ago, tell me the thing to, rem- to remember about Las Vegas is you get a verdict really quick out of Las Vegas, whether it's entertainment, whether it's your resort. Um, look at the Lucky Dragon. You know, look at places, you know, that uh, shows that have tried to open and close in five weeks. You get an answer right now in Las Vegas. And if you can hold on and, and make it work and have uh, enough capital behind you to weather that the first, what could be a very uh, troublesome opening period, you'll be all right. But um, yeah, I mean, um, I can't imagine that uh, something like the Sphere isn't going to be here for the rest of uh, eternity. I don't think that's a that, that's a place that they're look, looking to be able to disassemble anytime soon. They've they know they've done the market research and they know that they can fill it when they need to. And uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing more of the development of that particular venue. Yeah, I think that's going to be one of those places that you're going to see from the sky flying in. Yeah. And, you know, it's going to be one of those things. You brought up the Lucky Dragon, though, and I find that interesting. Do you think that was one of those, like, lessons learned now where they tried to really do this kind of specific thing? And really they were competing, from what I understand, like, against a lot of the so-called local hotels, which are a whole other uh, yeah. thing. You know, it's funny because they're right across. They're kitty corner from SLS. It's in that kind of same radius, and they've had location issues too. Their, their model was at the beginning – at Lucky Dragon was kind of to become the um, Asian destination resort and be sort of the the um, 
joined hotel for allure for people who stayed at allure part-time who came in from overseas and to make that you know you'd have a built-in clientele there that that did that model didn't work out they had great food at uh, lucky dragon it was a it was a cool place it was well designed but um yeah as we've as we as we've noticed that location on the northern sort of side of the strip doesn't have a lot of natural uh tourism traffic uh, to begin with, so you have to target your audience and make sure you build it um, a loyal clientele before you even open the doors. I think they thought they had done that, but obviously there wasn't enough. Uh, there wasn't enough there to make it successful. It's funny too because if you just go west on Sahara, you have uh, Palace Station, which is just going crazy. They just you know remodeled and spent several million dollars mm-hmm. in the overhaul of that hotel. That's the original, probably the original locals neighborhood casino by definition when it opened in 76. And it's not that far from Lucky Dragon. It's not really even that far from SLS and it it does great. And I you know, I go down, I I traveled on uh, Sahara and I look at where SLS is and then you see Lucky Dragon close and then you see uh, the Palace Station, just with all that expansion of restaurants and new, the complete overhaul of its sports book and all kinds of uh, new things. And uh, you, you kind of wonder how they make it work and how it has been a struggle at SLS. And I, I, I think that one thing is crossing the strip is not, locals don't like having to do that. They don't like going across the boulevard, even if it's right on the corner. Um, but it's just a, it's a remarkable uh, business reality. What do you think about downtown Las Vegas? You know, big change. It seems like they've been very successful and kind of over the last decade or two, really kind of changing the image that area had. And a lot of that's got to do with Derek Stevens. Mm-hmm. Now he's going to build that big place. It's in process. You see that continuing growth or is it you think it's kind of kind of reached its point? Well, I'm interested in that and Derek and uh, Derek's whatever it's going to be called. They're going to announce it on January 10th, but that's going to change. Uh, the entire scale of um, resort, uh, the resort image in Las Vegas and downtown Las Vegas. It's right on the corner where that um, where Las Vegas Club used to be. And I was just up at, up at the Oscar Steakhouse the other night and looking down on that parcel. It's been wiped out, and it's going to be something amazing. I really do believe it's going to be something amazing on that corner. That's going to change the trajectory of everything on Fremont Street. I'm also so we'll see in January when that opens up and we'll get more details. But if Derek's behind it, it's going to be significant and it's going to be distinctive. And it's going to be right in the core of the city. And uh, I'm also interested in what people haven't been talking about about too much is um, the arts district in downtown Las Vegas. I live at uh, downtown. I live at Newport Lofts right there on the, on the edge of the arts district and about a half mile from, from uh, Fremont Street. And the main street corridor as it leads into the, into the arts district is undergoing a lot of uh, – overhaul and a, and a real renaissance right now and people are going to find that it's that's a great place not only to spend some time in like an entertainment district but but maybe to re- live i think what downtown las vegas needs is more livable dwellings yeah. that's really what you need right now it's just an entertainment hang you know mostly it's a place to go to spend time uh but not live but um we're i'm, I'm looking at, uh into the investment down there especially people like brandon powers who opened uh, yeah. evil pie and golden tiki he's got some ideas down there that are very interesting we've already seen uh, you know outcroppings of of businesses in that area so um you know i think all sides of downtown fremont east is is, is going great as is um, I spent a lot of time there too. So we're having an actual, you can't have a great, Oscar Goodman said this when he was in office and he repeated it the other night when I saw him. He said, you can't have a great city without a great downtown. And uh, 
I think Las Vegas is responding in kind at all levels. Well, it's interesting because you brought up the evil pie stuff, and that guy is a dynamic guy, Mm -hmm. Derek Stevens. And and these aren't these big corporate people that you deal with on the strip. It is kind of fun to watch because they they seem like they are – Real firebrands, you know, they can, yeah. they can innovate down there. Yeah, you have personalities behind the brand. You have yeah. personalities who are uh, entrepreneurial, and they're, you know, I, I use Renaissance men uh, as a term for for people like Derek and people like Brandon Powers. And there's so many others down there. You know, I, I just think the personalities, and I, I would add Jonathan Jossel over at the Plaza, who's really taken to to being on the on the, the corner of Main and Fremont, and they just opened the Core Arena there. Big investment. That's a great place to hang. Also, they have a Mob Story show there. That that's done surprisingly well, right? Hasn't hey, it? the lights are still on. I'm because <laughs> it seemed I'm like a tough that. sell at the beginning at that theater, and it's yeah been okay. I haven't seen. The show in a while. I know it's still going, and I, I it is a tough sell, but it's still uh, it's still um, you know performing, and it's it's uniquely entertaining that show, and that's another thing that's that's the only production show of its type downtown. So, and that's at the Plaza, and they've had, they've got Vision there, and they've got Oscars there. They're one of their brand spokesmen, and you know everything everywhere you go. I, I I love the Golden Nugget, you know, going in there. You know, you can go on and on and on about all the all the cool stuff that's going on at on uh, Fremont Street. And a lot of it is backed by people who have real personality. They're throwback personality or Jackie Gone style yeah. people, you know. They're they're uh, Sam Boyd style or Benny Binion esque, you know. And uh, they 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 walk it, and uh, and they're they're great for me to work with. Do you think sometimes they're holding that image that Vegas had for so long, where it was a place where you know. Aside from gambling, you can go and get a real bargain. Because now, you know, I'm in airports all the time, and I hear people say, like, gee, it's not like it used to be. And and part of that's kind of unfair, but there is things. There's all these parking fees. Mm -hmm. Everybody's got a resort fee and stuff. Mm -hmm. Looks like now maybe the tide is turning a little bit. I mean, the Venetian held out. What do you think? I mean, because I I think there's a danger of over – of oversaturating, you know, cost this, cost that. Well, you do want to, you do want to make Las Vegas and keep Las Vegas inviting, no matter what the scale is. And uh, I'm of the opinion that um, when you have a lot of uh, fees, whether they're known or hidden, that does not invite people to visit Las Vegas. It makes the city seem tight. We want a loose uh, and a, a, a adventurous and a, a inviting uh, reputation in Las Vegas. I think that's what makes it work. But well, at the same time, we're a real city now. And in real cities, they charge for parking. You know, that's the, ex- that's the reasoning and even the excuse given for a lot of this. Um, I don't know why we need so many fees uh, and they're hidden fees many times on things like uh, room reservations and tickets. Yeah. That's a big complaint that I hear from people who come into town. Um, you know, I bought four tickets to Absinthe and the, the cost was $60 more than I thought because of these fees. And uh, I said, my feeling is if you're going to charge people fees when they come in, you bake that into the price that they're going to yeah. spend so they know what they're going to spend. If the do- if the ticket's uh, $59.50, add the fee and say it's $64, please, so I can budget. If the show's, another thing is if, if the show's doors are at 8 p.m. and the act starts at 9.30, please say that so I can make dinner reservations. You right. know, those are simple things. You know, but nobody ever asked me about how to how to handle uh, customer service. But those are two things I would do uh, right now. And I would also, if anybody's out there, give a break to locals who go to the strip who want to park Las Vegas residents. You know, that's one area that, that locals have always got shafted, even before they were charging for parking. About uh, trying to valet park at a, a hotel, for example, 
it's they close valet only for hotel guests. Well, what if I'm a, if I'm a Las Vegas resident who has a ticket to a show and is going to go to dinner yes. that night? You know, I'm spending more money on your property than somebody who got a forty dollar uh, room rate, right. right? Right. So they you know they they need to look at that because we need to make sure that people know that you know you can come to Las Vegas and not feel like you've been fleeced. You know, there's yeah. enough there's enough tax and surtax and surcharge going on it talk it costs ten dollars to take money out of the atm at the link promenade yeah that that's so that's offensive and i know i know that the resorts don't have control over that entirely but if you're a family and you're you know going to get money out to to go to dinner and you have another ten dollars to pay on top of the parking fee on top of the resort fee on top of the this and the that uh people are not going to be too happy when they leave here well and for the gamblers, you know, you take some people that go play slot machines. Okay, they're losing. They're doing the walk of shame to the ATM to get yeah. to get that. On the top ATMs of it. are there for a reason. Yeah. yeah, they're there for people like me who didn't exactly budget his blackjack game. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I've, I've there were nights when I, I used to gamble a lot more than I do now. There used to be nights when I'd have five or six uh, ATM slips in my pocket from my, oh, from my losing streak at places like uh, you know the resort at Summerlin, for example. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah, those, I think that we just need to be um, honest, if nothing else, with the people who come here. Be upfront. This is what you're going to pay. This is when things are going to start. This is what's going to happen. And you can either you know work with it or not. Well, no, John, I think you're right on the money because the one thing I don't hear complaints about are some of these restaurants. And they're expensive restaurants, but folks know it. They know what, it, they know what the price is going to be. They look mm-hmm. at the menu ahead of time. If it's these famous chefs, man, they're willing to pay for it. It's something they can't get at home. It's different because they're honest and upfront right. instead of sneaking something into them. Yeah, you know, yeah, that's why there's a price next to the, the steak. And when you buy the steak, they don't say, okay, well, you know, the steak was $49, but we have a, another $6 for a, a plating <laughs> fee um, right. or something like that. And, uh, you know, it's the same thing. Don't, you know, just if you're going to charge me, I'm an adult. I can deal with it. Just let me know up front, okay? If I'm coming in from Boise, Idaho, I want to know if I'm going to be paying extra on this ticket or on this room or, or to park my vehicle if I'm driving. And uh, I don't know. We're going to that the market will adjust. And Las Vegas adapts really fast to the market, and we're seeing it now. So final question. Let's ask you, what do you how do you see the future going here? I mean, you've given us kind of a hint of this stuff. You've talked about some good ideas. Do you see the growth continuing? I mean, that whole part of the town, like we were talking about where the SLS is, you got a new owner coming in. Uh, I'm starting to notice the resorts world actually looks like something's happening. Mm-hmm. So, resorts world is. They're looking for executives right now, too, and that's a good, really good sign. They're looking for some the top-level executives here in Las Vegas. They're recruiting even as we speak. It looks like the wind, by the way. It's going up. That, the, the glass it that they does. have up. I was over there last night. I was just driving along, uh, driving on the uh, west side of it on uh, Sammy Davis. Or Sammy Davis. And... Um, and I looked up, and it looks like the win. Yeah, you know, I, I don't know how, if that's intentional or if, if that's just a test, uh, test plating or you know pains. <laughs> yeah, but whatever. Um, yeah, that's a good sign. That's coming up. I think the development on the north side of the strip, long awaited, is very important. I think that the convention center um, expansion is really important, especially to that neighborhood. Place like places like the SLS under its new ownership, Westgate. We have a new um, we have a new uh, reopening of the Sterling Club, which a lot of people um, maybe who have moved here recently aren't aware of, but it is a regal um, spa and um, entertainment complex connected to Turnberry Place that's going to be looking for convention business. 
that's important. Uh, a place like Mansion 54 in my column today, it used to be Heartland Mansion, is going to be looking for convention business to book and, and do business off the strip right next to Zach Baggins Haunted Museum. Um, the Raiders Stadium will bring in more, uh, not only more infrastructure uh, development um, on the west side of the strip where it is, but it's also going to bring in a lot of young millionaires to Las Vegas in the form of football players and, their, and that entire Raiders organization moving here. And that's going to have a profound effect on our economy, I think, having all those guys in town um, and their families. So I see that we're going to be growing. You know, I, I can only think that the, the especially the advent of, of major league sports in this city, we're not even talked about the uh, aviators. I covered the naming of that the other day at uh, downtown Summerlin, they're going to bring a, a new energy out there. Uh, what and, is it about Oakland? <laughs> they're going to be the A's. They should up. just move Oakland to Las Vegas. Uh, I don't know. It's it's interesting how that works. So, yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to figure out how, are we going to call the aviators the A's also? You know, or what's right. the, or the abs? I'm, there's going to be a shorthand term for that that team, and I'm already trying to figure out how they're, they're going to do it. And I run a lot of debate about the logo itself, the color and design. But, yeah, we're, we're uh, this is a major league city now. For yeah. sure. No doubt about it. <laughs> you will follow it no matter what happens. If people want to follow it, and I know people love Las Vegas, and that's why they listen to this show. <laughs> if they want to read uh, uh, your column, what's the easiest way to do it? How do we do it online? At ReviewJournal.com backslash cats. I'm on the homepage there. I'm at Johnny Katz, J-O-H-N-N-Y-K-A-T-S on Twitter. Johnny Katz, number one, the number one on Instagram. And I've just started my own podcast. It's running uh, wild and free right now. It's called <laughs> Podcasts, and you'll find that on my uh, column landing page also. And I, I've got about twenty-something uh, interviews banked over over eight shows now, and we're uh, we're moving that along really, really well. So entertainers in town have all uh, been uh, on the other side of the microphone with me for that. Well, that sounds like a lot of fun. And please come back, and we'll talk some more Vegas. I'd love to. You've been listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi, the podcast, with new shows loaded twice weekly. Got a guest idea? Email us at info at VegasNeverSleeps.com and catch the show live every Sunday, 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific, coast to coast on the BizTalk Radio Network. Times are changing. The circus of politics Healthcare's low standards and high prices. And let's not forget food quality. What to do? Arm yourself with Life Change Tea at GetTheTea.com. In a world of chemical imbalance and poor air and water quality, it's time you make a move. Log on to GetTheTea.com and stock up on organic non-GMO supplements. Don't forget the tea. GetTheTea.com. Cleansing your body never felt so good. And we have a brand new tea called Takedown Tea which helps support healthy glucose. All natural body support so you can be at your best naturally. All you have to do is log on to getthetea.com. That's getthetea.com. We're not a fad that comes and goes. We are the real deal. Join us and armor up. Getthetea.com. That's getthetea.com. Changing America's health one tea bag at a time. Do you own a real business that makes real money? Not just an idea for a business, but a real revenue-generating business. Then we have what every business needs to run and grow. Cash. Call the Business Cash Advance Line, and in just five minutes, you could be well on your way to securing up to $1 million in funding for your business. Use the money however you want. 
Try new advertising, buy inventory, purchase equipment, or pay taxes and other bills. Call now to secure up to $1 million in less than a week. The process is quick and easy. Call the Business Cash Advance line to speak with an account manager now. Representatives are standing by, so if you need to get up to $1 million in working capital to grow your business, don't wait. Call right now. 800-445-1099. 800-445-1099. Call now. 800-445-1099. That's 800-445-1099. Hey, Bugsy, you hear the news about Vinny? Yeah, it's a real shame he owed money to the IRS and they finally cut up with him. Just like Al Capone. If the IRS can get to Capone, imagine what they can do to little old Vinny, huh? Poor cat, he was on top of the world, then bada-boom, bada-bing. What Vinny needs now is an offer he can't refuse. Hey, you got a tax problem? Does the IRS claim you owe them a bunch of dough? They can get you too. So call the tax relief line now and learn if you qualify to negotiate your $10,000 plus IRS tax debt for up to a 75% savings. Don't be like Al or Vinny and get busted. Make this free call now. Learn how you may be able to pay the IRS less. Call now. 866-657-8517. 866-657-8517. That's 866-657-8517.